everybody. What is up? It's been about a week since I last recorded an episode, however, it has felt like an eternity, I tell you. However, I was just not inspired. I've literally been doing nothing but packing and scratching my nuts for the past week because, you know, I'm enjoying the fact that I don't have any homework. I don't have anything, necessarily anything to do. And look at me, I decided to spend my time wisely by sleeping in, reading, and packing whole lot of packing. This episode is kind of relevant to my current situation, but not in ways you'd expect it to be. So I'm going to be talking about my experience of living in Florida for four years, and how is that relevant to my current situation? Well, I have been packing things left and right. Packing things... Sorry, the audio got cut off. So I'm going to be packing things that will be sent to my mom's new house here in Barcelona and things that I will be bringing to my house in Italy. So because of that, I've been trying to get rid of as much clutter as I can. And let me tell you, most of this clutter is stuff I bought in Florida because there's one main theme of this episode. It's going to be the absolute boredom that I felt while living there. And because of that, I developed this really bad spending addiction, which still haunts me to this day, although I've kept it relatively in control here living in Spain, because, you know, we've got things to do, but that was not the case in Florida. So because of that, I spent, I spent so much money that I'm still suffering the consequences of my own actions, because the amount of stuff I've had to throw away from the bathroom, my room, all of the drawers, it's nasty. And here's the thing about me, not necessarily a maximalist though. Like, if you know me well and you've been to my room, you will know that if there's one thing I pride myself in, it's how organized my room is. And I haven't, like, decluttered it in a couple months, but I didn't think it was gonna be this bad. Like, all of these random papers and drawers, no, it was awful. However, I'm nearly done with cleaning that up, so I feel amazing. Like, a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And now, I can finally enjoy myself, because tomorrow, actually, I'm going to Italy on my own. And no, it is not my first solo flight, however, it's the first time I do a solo flight where I don't have an assistant, because previously, I had done two solo trips to Florida to go visit my grandma, right? But I had an assistant there, like, bringing me to the security and, like, helping me with all my documents, so honestly, I was not paying attention to any of the signs, I was just letting them lead the way. However, now I'm on my own and I'm actually gonna have to find my way there, so... You know, it's not that terrifying because back in ninth grade, I had gone on a train alone and my coordination or spatial awareness or anything of that sort, like, was not what it is now. I mean, it's still not great. However, like, I did not know how to find my way to any place at the time yet. Somehow, I still managed to go on the right train from Madrid to Barcelona and I got here safely. So if I was able to do that in ninth grade, then I'm sure that I can find my way in, safely get to my hometown in Italy. And one other thing, that episode with Maria literally blew up harder than the toilets at Taco Bell. So, you know, if you're living close to me here in Barcelona, or maybe even in Italy, do not consider yourself safe, because I will come and kidnap you at 3 in the morning and before you know it, you'll wake up and you'll be strapped to my office chair with a microphone right in front of you 
and you'll be forced to answer questions off of Tumblr, okay? So, you know, expect more collaborative episodes, which I've asked a couple of people and I'm really excited about that, so yeah. Time for the current concern, which honestly, I don't have none. The only thing that's really concerning me right now is the fact that I'm in my office and, well, unfortunately, I'm close to my balcony, which means there is more noise coming from outside. I mean, there's a couple of motorcycles, you know, typical assholes who like to make noise for the sake of making noise, which I briefly listened to some parts of the last episode, and I'm sorry for those who had to hear the car noises and everything, but I was recording in my playroom because there's just more space and Right now my room is so cramped and I'm kind of claustrophobic because of all the boxes that I left there. However, it is a controlled mess so now. It's it's looking pretty good. However, there's not that much space. So I figured why not go to the office which feels kind of empty and it's a bit eerie, but overall, it's a much better environment to be recording in. Now now Another reason why I decided to record this episode now was because I was going on good old TikTok and I was seeing a lot of videos of people hating on cars, specifically the fact that in the States there's just too much space is dedicated to uh, a driveway or whatever you call it and not enough for actual places and I couldn't agree more. And starting off with Florida. Where do we even begin? It's infamous, crazy people, old retired people, an alligator place. But I'd like to give you a different perspective on it. Some things a bit serious, others not so much. So where do I even begin? I typically tend to associate Florida as the rainy state. You heard that correctly, not sunshine, but rainy. Because let me tell you, the amount of tropical rainstorms there were was crazy. It's actually a good thing though, because I love the rain. You know, I already said my favorite season is spring because it's a bit more rainy and about the actual sunshine thing, yes, it is very sunny there, that's for sure, but there are definitely a lot of extremes and lots of storms, hurricanes, and generally lots of water intrusion. And the climate tends to be more humid the further south you go. And I don't like that, okay? Humidity is just, as I was ranting about in the previous episode, it's awful. Like, I'd wake up in the morning and then leave the house to, you know, get to the car and head to school. And I remember it was so humid that it smelled awful. Like, literally felt like a raccoon corpse was like, right next to my porch, which, by the way, I saw so many raccoons, like the amount of wild animals I'd see in, near my town, which was right in the suburbs, okay, was insane. And about these days, I mean, last time I went was last year in February, and the time before that I went in February of 2019. So I've noticed that there's been a big surge in the population and Things have gotten more expensive from what I've heard and, you know, there's lots of townhouses. And one thing I've always asked myself is like, living here in Barcelona, but also previously when I lived in Milan, there were so many houses that had, you know, interesting architecture, like, you know, that kind of old, like, gothic style. 
But the thing is, a lot of those houses were just rotting. Like, they were gray or brown, and, like, all they needed was a fix, but, like, that never happened. Meanwhile, in Florida, like, at least where I lived, you wouldn't see that. Every house looked the same. However, they're all painted, they're all nice. So I've been asking myself, is that, like, a law in the States that prevents people from letting houses go? Like, do they have to keep renovating houses or something? Because it's just you know, two sides of the coin, right? You've got these houses here in Europe, which I know for a fact that Milan and Barcelona aren't the only cities with pretty architecture, but very ugly colored buildings because they're rotting. Or you've got Florida and possibly a lot of other states that have really nice houses, but you know, there's no individuality. So now it's time to get to the actual juice of this episode. Is Florida really as crazy as people say it is? Well, I'm going to start from the very beginning. So back in the early 2000s, my grandparents moved there and they've been living there ever since. And so it was only natural that every summer we usually come and visit them. By the way, these are my Colombian grandparents. Because a lot of my Colombian family happens to live there as well. And it wasn't until, say, 2011, maybe, that my parents started considering moving there. Because, you know, we're close to family. And they were actually thinking of changing up my education. Which I know a lot of people might be thinking education. Like, what does the states have to offer in terms of education? Because I know it gets relatively bad rep and in, well, first of all, the math level, I always see articles that are like, the United States is always placing very low on like global math and levels. And then you've got the whole school shootings thing, which is a very valid concern because it only keeps getting worse. You know, the more you see the news, the more school shootings are and nothing seems to change. And, you know, college is expensive as hell. There's just tuition fees are really off the charts, which is why I thought of going to the Netherlands, but also because I do not want to go back to the States. Like, you know, it has its pros and cons, and it's a whole country, I tell you. You know, there's a lot of diversity, however, like, no, I, I want to stay here in Europe. And yeah, I chose the Netherlands for a reason, because literally I'm just applying to a bunch of public schools where the most expensive one is like 7,000 per year. Like, that's Literally nothing, at least in our standards. And meanwhile, looking at the states, and it's like some schools like fifty thousand dollars per year. Like what? No, I. Especially for me, I'm going to art school. Like, art school is kind of a hit or a miss, I'd say. So, I would not want to be in debt from something like that. Like at least if I were to be in debt for something, I would want it to be something like engineering or medicine, which is at least something that's more like more of a traditional route and at least you kind of know you're going to be guaranteed a job which art does have a lot of jobs like what even what even is art like you know fine arts could be fashion could be animation illustration you you know but you get the overall gist of it so why did my parents choose this school because it's drum roll please but a gifted school 
And I will be saying that a lot this episode, not to flex or anything, but that's because it was a whole school selling point. Like everything was about gifted, gifted, gifted. We're all kids and above the average level in everything. We're gifted, 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 gifted community, gifted students. And do not forget that word. What was it? Huh? Huh? They're gifted, okay? So because it was a gifted school, I had to do an IQ test to enter. And here's the thing, to this day, I still ask myself, did they rig that test for me? Because there's one thing about me, like, my intelligence in most academic subjects is just below average or average. So I'm asking myself, what is it that got me in? Because, hear me out, because I was one of the very few um, foreign kids who was taking this exam, they kind of modified it for me. and asked different questions because there was this one question that was like the house your neighbor's house is on fire what do you do and i think the typical american response would be call 911 but for me like for some reason the police was just never in the equation like when i was little i would never think if i'm in trouble i'd call the police i just think well i'd have to do something about it but i don't know what i'd do it's just it was never taught like to really trust the police. So because of that, my response was, I'd close the window of my house so the smoke doesn't get in and then evacuate and call the firefighters. So, bit different from that. And then there was this one question, like, it sounds so weird in my head, but I, I am sure this was a wording. Like, it was so strange, but like, I'm, I'm not delusional, I swear. It sounds like something that I'd be asked in a dream because I keep having strange paranoia inducing dreams but this was the actual question i remember the lady who was testing me she asked me something about jesus she was like jesus christ did this ba 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 and then he gave beef to the people and i was like the people who are the people but obviously i didn't ask that i was just confused i was quiet most of the time and then i said because he wanted to be generous and kind. You know, I would do anything just to be able to watch what actually happened in that testing room. Because then I remember she showed me a bunch of patterns and completing all that, and then some math-related stuff. And, you know, I was taking my sweet time answering the questions. Some were verbal, others were more, like, written, but she'd still be looking after me, looking at every response I gave, even if it was written. And then after a while, the exam was over. So I leave the room and I'm waiting in this um, little waiting room while my mom talks to a lady. And uh, here's one thing. On the report she had, she made it seem like this was the end of the world. And I mean, it's still a problem I have now, but the way she said it was like, you know, emergency. like. Your daughter is really slow. Like, she takes a very long time to answer questions. My mom was like, damn, now what? And in the end, my IQ happened to be, happened to meet their standards. I don't know what it, does IQ change? No, I, I don't know anything about it, because to me it's just kind of bogus, but I wonder if IQ can change, but whatever it was, I don't know. I've asked my parents, because they still have the files, the documents, that were written in response to all my answers 
but you know, I kept asking, but they have not given it to me. So maybe they genuinely can't find it or they just don't want me to see it. But my dad did tell me though that Lady was emphasizing how slow I was, which my slowness is something that I kind of had an inferiority complex for for a while. But now that I think about it, um, like it's just something that's gonna stick with me for the rest of my life and I can't let it keep like dragging me down because you know if I if I let my slowness just be a reason for me to stop learning stop going to school I would have stopped doing that like way back in elementary maybe even before going to school because I've always kind of known that however there it was made more apparent though since let, let me say it one more time it was a gifted school and they were so gifted that they'd be doing you know following some AP textbooks um, the curriculum of those textbooks like in middle school like it was crazy how accelerated some classes were, but at the same time, there were other classes that were just so below the average level, like history, for example. You know, a major con of general American school system that I've noticed is that they don't really teach their kids global history. They kind of convince them that, you know, they're like the natives of the land and makes them believe that America is like the best country. And it doesn't encourage them to, you know, get to know the world, travel outside, and just explore and discover things. Because when I moved back to Europe, I realized I'm so behind everyone in history, and it's actually my favorite subject. So here's the thing. For those four years I was there, I, I would mostly learn about Florida history. Not even US history, Florida history. So imagine how, like, narrow the student's worldview was, because at least I had the privilege of being born in another country and the huge privilege of getting to travel throughout my whole childhood. So I already had that foundation and I also had family members who would, you know, tell me about their travels, tell me about the rest of the world. However, these other kids, like, honestly, at this point, I just really pity them because they had not left Florida. And these were very rich kids, like, let me tell you. I would go to their houses and for the first time in my life, like, I would genuinely feel poor. Like, these were huge houses, you know. The school was probably the same the same price of my current school, or actually a little bit less. However, like, in the States, if you earn a lot of money, you earn a shit ton of money. And about history, it was just really sad how ignorant those students were, because, you know, they were so gifted, like, they should have been taught to expand their worldview, but no, I was asked lots of stupid questions like, are there any TVs in Italy? And I started complaining to this one girl who was born in Florida, but she had parents from another country, India, so I assume like, if she's sort of a foreigner, like in the sense that, you know, she's not fully American, then maybe she'd understand what it's like to, you know, be kind of like, asked ignorant questions. And I told her, like, why are people asking me such silly questions? Like, yes, we have TVs in Italy, even in, you know, other countries like, you know, Colombia, which um, gets a lot of bad rep for being a th third world country, like almost any other developing country, you know, even there we have TVs. And she was like, actually, it's kind of a smart question when you think about it, because like, I swear to God, I was literally losing my mind because I felt like for the first time, it felt like I was one of the only people of common sense. There was another time where the same guy who asked me, are there any TVs in Italy, 
he said, I thought that Madagascar was just a movie. It was just a made-up place. And that's not all. Oh, oh, I wish it was the end of this never-ending saga of ignorance, but no. He also said, I thought that France was in Italy. Or reverse. But it doesn't even matter, because... You know, how could these kids be failed this badly? You know, the parents are paying this much money, but no, it doesn't even matter to them because what matters to them is, you know, that they'd be succeeding in all the competitions. Because let me tell you, because it was a gifted school, it was such a competitive environment. Like, there weren't even any class rankings because there was no need for that. Like, we were such a small school, like less than 300 kids starting from pre-K3 to 8th grade and... My grade consisted of like 15 people, so everyone knew each other pretty well, and the reason there were no class rankings, even though it was so competitive and every other week they'd be, kids would be handed out an award for something, was because everyone just intuitively knew who was at the bottom of the barrel. And that was me, because I was already like, already slow on my own, which, you know, not not trying to use that as an excuse for everything, however, it does explain why I tend to not be at the same level as everyone else and just kind of like march to the beat of my own drum. And also, I was coming from an American school in Italy, so the curriculum was different and I was very much lacking in certain aspects like math and the English level. And if there's one positive thing about that school though, is that my English improved so much. Like. We'd have weekly spelling and vocabulary tests where we had to learn at least 20 words and because of that my English got to pretty high level relatively quickly and we also had to write a lot of essays like using those vocabulary words and just read books that were pretty high and like a pretty high level so that is definitely one thing one positive and another positive thing, which I did mention previously, was the arts program. Even though it was a school that mostly emphasized like the sciences, math, well, kind of like most schools though, it did actually put a lot of effort into the art curriculum. And that's also, I have to give it to my art teacher, Mr. Tripp, because he's literally superhuman. Like, he painted all of the school walls, all of the murals, and he didn't just paint them like one color. Like, no, he'd have literally works of art walking in the hallways and if there was one other unique thing about the school hallways is that they'd have uh, these signs that would say like a street name or like boulevard and instead what's what you could do is like pay to have um, your family's last name on one of those signs so it'd say for example insert last name here street and that was super cool to see because there was one thing about that school is that it was really creative in some aspects. Like, we'd have auctions, which would, I guess, donate money to the school. And there was this one event called Teacher for a Day, which is pretty self-explanatory. And I got to do that twice. In fourth grade, I got to be my English teacher. And one of my core memories was these two girls in my class. They're recreating the scene from... I think it was Wayne's World, you know, the one that's like, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. So they went on their knees and started like bowing to me because I was the teacher and just being in charge that day just felt so good because I got to grade some exams, boss people around. And then 
In sixth grade, my parents had won another auction for me to help out the DJ in the school dance, which, okay, it was middle school and at the time the school dance was everything. And the thing is though, something went wrong with that auction, so instead um, the school decided to repay me by giving me two different options. Instead of being the DJ at the school dance, I could help be the DJ at the graduation and Instead of being a teacher for a day, I could be, I could help out the technology, like, how do you go, the, like, technology, uh, the IT department, dude. Yeah, help him. So what I did on that day, he was like, we need to, like, check people's computers, like, I don't know, restart them or, like, add some new update or something, because the school provided computers and I don't think there was anyone who had a computer from home. So I went into the classroom and I asked uh, people from my class, like, you need to give me your computers right now. And then they were like, um, why? And I was like, cause I need to check them to see if you've been doing anything inappropriate. And they were like, gulp. So then this one girl was like, um, can you give me a second? Like, it's just taking a really long time to restart. And I was like, oh, sure. And then she was like, come here, come here. And then she whispered in my ear, like, I'm just um, erasing things because, like, I don't want them to see this. And I was like, okay, okay, like, no, no worries, no worries. Like, we're, we're not going to do anything crazy, believe me. And that was pretty fun. And also, the school. Since it was gifted, it just happened to have some characters. And I know I tend to say this about people a lot, like, oh, she's a persona. He's a character, all right. But no, these kids in the school, like, were genuinely a bunch of characters and you know it kind of lives up to the stereotype that florida is full of a bunch of degenerates but let me tell you like that is not synonymous to florida like that is just an everywhere thing i mean you'll find a bunch of bad crazy people here in spain italy and where else do i have listeners from wait let, let me check spotify for podcasters which I keep refreshing this um, app because now I've gotten over 50 total plays for all the episodes and I'm really happy about that because you know the thing is with a podcast like it's really hard to blow up and I know I'm not going to because I haven't promoted it on social media and so far I've just been like sharing it with a bunch of friends however like even if it gets 10 plays like think about 10 people being in your bedroom those 10 people specifically because at least I can more or less guess who listened to it and who didn't and then it's just crazy to think about so okay wait i've got 75 percent listeners from spain 17 percent from france six percent from italy and two percent from czech republic so at least think about it this way in those countries there will be assholes as well and that is just something about the entire world however yes there were a bunch of genuine characters in florida I mean, in that school particularly, which is also what inspired me to write a comic kind of based on my own experiences there. Instead, instead of it taking place during um, third grade to sixth grade, which is the years, the school years I spent there, it would take place in high school though. However, like I take some like character traits from the personalities of people there and also people I've met here and in Italy and then just kind of do like a mashup and just you know. However, I decided, like, the environment definitely has to take place in Florida, because the thing is, 
it's such a boring place to live in. However, it's also so crazy though, like, you know, some of the news you see there, like, yeah, there are crocodiles around. I mean, I- no wait, that wasn't crocodile, no, 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 I tried alligator meat. There was this one, like, hunting and fishing store, I used to go there often because my mom had a kayak, so she had to get a bunch of- she got one there, or no, we got one for her, for her birthday, and also, like, we just needed supplies, like, to go to the beach. And I remember they had a shitload of guns there, which, not a fan, but it was just really fascinating to see because it's just so- that culture is just so alien to me. And that store also happened to be attached to a restaurant, and that's where I got to try alligator meat, which tasted kind of like, I think, squid? Which I did try once, even though I hate fish, but I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna try it because, like, why not? And I've literally heard people say it tastes like chicken. It's like when people eat anything, they're like, mmm, it tastes like chicken. Like, frog legs as well. I've heard people say it tastes like chicken. Like, what's up with that, you know? And on to the actual school. I've blocked a lot of interactions from my memory because it's just better for the sake of my mental health. However, like, looking back at the things they do, I mean, there's some moments where I had a pretty normal childhood in Florida, and then others that just make me question, like, yeah, this is exactly the reason why I'm so deranged now, like, my sadistic tendencies. I think they started in Florida. And why? Because uh, during recess, there was like this little very tiny hill. I mean, I say very tiny because, you know, welcome to Florida, where the biggest hill is probably, you know, the dumpster, the trash. However, we had like this track field, and there was a very tiny grass hill there. And what my classmates would do was, we'd play this game called Fire Drill, where somebody would roll down the hill, like, maybe like, flat on the ground, and then they'd roll down, and another person would take off their hoodie and start whipping the person who was rolling down, and they'd be yelling, faster, faster, like, you gotta move faster. And the whole point was you're trying to get away from the imaginary fire, which, no comment. But then, we'd also play relatively normal games like Foursquare, or we'd just be running around the playground, play, say, hide-and-seek, tag, or what else? Um, Cops and Robbers, and that one game that was like Sharks and Minnows, I think. So yeah, we did have some pretty normal moments, and another pro was living in the suburbs, like, I would get out of the house and it was safe, like, I'd be in elementary school and I'd go right in front of the park, right to the park, which was right in front of my house, and I'd just meet random people. And then my sister, who was like really social, would just invite like random kids home. So there was this one day where I was doing my homework and then this random boy knocks on the door and I'm like, who are you? And he's like, oh no, I'm, I'm the brother of this girl who just went to your house. I'm like, who? And then he points over to my pool, which... Yeah, we, we had a pool in the backyard, and there was his sister and, like, all these other little girls playing at the pool. So then I told him, you know what, just get in. Like, you know, I was locked in my room. I had to study for vocabulary test, I think. So there's that. I spent so much time studying, which one thing I am bitter about, though, is that, like, I had to spend so much of my childhood studying, like, not only catching up to the curriculum, but also just... Because I'm just genu genuinely slow. 
So it does anger me, especially my last year, which was sixth grade. And here's the thing. I entered in third grade and third grade was like the equivalent of middle school there. Like from third grade on during assemblies, which we had every Friday in the morning, they'd hand out these, um, these like diplomas or no, not diplomas, like strips of paper that said the you earn the high honor roll or the honor roll, which honor roll was like you get 80s and 90s, so A's and B's, and then high honor rolls was like you only get A's or A pluses, right? And starting from third grade and above, like every quarter, they'd be handing out these little papers. And the thing is, like all the parents went to the assemblies, like the entire school was there. So basically, everyone would know if you didn't get honor roll. So you'd be singled out, like, which did happen to me a couple of times. However, there were a lot of times where I did get high honor roll, which I'm proud of myself, but also just bitter. Because I just worked so hard. And at that point, I didn't even feel like good about myself anymore. I just look at the amount of work I did and just pity myself because I couldn't get to you know, get out and do things like most normal kids in my neighborhood who went to a different school. However, getting out, like, that wasn't even an option because what is there to do in Florida? It's not like here in Barcelona where, you know, tend to go to a lot of museums or you go... Well, also Barcelona is, like, unique because you have the beach and the mountains, like, right next to you. However, like, most, most countries in Europe, like, the cities just have some kind of attraction. However, in Florida, like, there's genuinely nothing to do, which is why I think the hustle culture is just so strong there, because, you know, you're living in the suburbs, and first of all, too many cars. Like, you have to do everything by car. Like, there's no public transport there, which sucks, and so because of that, when I moved back to Italy, like, navigating um, public transport on my own was actual help because you know I was so used to my parents bringing me everywhere which to some extent they still do however like I can manage going on the metro or tram or on the bus alone now like that's not a problem at all however they're like you're just so sheltered because your parents have to bring you anywhere I mean yeah I'd probably get my driver's license like way earlier however that's just not the kind of life I wanted to continue living I mean I never wanted to move there in the first place Let let's get that very clear like when I first moved there, I'd constantly argue with my dad, like, give me five good reasons why we should be here. And then he'd be like, well, first of all, I'm very weather driven. And, you know, people in Milan are assholes, which, yeah, um, well, you know, kind of true in our case. And here's the thing about the people in Florida, though. They're very nice, at least from my experience but to a superficial extent. Like they'd be all, hi, how are you? And here's the thing, I was used to living in Milan where no one, and I mean no one in the streets would say hi to me. So moving there, I used to think that if I was asked, how are you? I'd have to respond with how I actually felt. So I did, I'd be like, good or bad. And then I'd give a whole lengthy reason of why I felt that way. And you know, what always puzzled me was, why is it that when I'm asked how, how am I feeling? Why is it that the people who asked don't seem very interested and they start to take a step back and look a little uncomfortable, start to fidget a little. And it wasn't even until I moved here in Barcelona in eighth grade that I realized you're not supposed to answer 
with how you're actually feeling. They just want you to say, good, how are you? And let the interaction slide. But no, I'm not used to small talk, so that was one thing that puzzled me. So I think I was talking about how I got to talk to people, make friends with neighbors. Yes, that is true. Like living in the suburbs, like everyone more or less knew each other. So it was very easy to make friends, which is great for me because I was very much struggling socially at the time. And I was at school as well because, you know, when I first moved, I was like the token foreigner. Matter of fact, like we, we had to do this one musical like us third and fourth graders for one of the assemblies and it was called punctuation the musical it was created by the third and fourth grade um um what was it called not literature they had weird names for it like history was social studies and english was language arts language arts teachers yeah they created this musical for us to perform at an assembly which Essentially, the plot was these two girls, the two main leads were these fourth grade girls, were, no, they got lost in a jungle, and then they had to find their way out by consulting um, the punctuation marks personified, so one person would be, like, one of the leads would be punctuation mark, and they'd sing a whole song, and they basically, like, guide the girls, like, back into civilization. So there were three main groups. There was the people who acted as a punctuation mark, so they had to sing a solo, and I was one of them, which I'll get into later. Second was the choir, which was just the backing vocals of a song that would be sung mainly by the person who acted as a punctuation mark. And then the third group was the stage crew, so they'd be doing all the backstage thing, and then, and then there were the two lead girls. So I was the Spanish accent, the tilde, and I remember I wanted to be one of the backstage people. I didn't want to sing at the time, and uh, I was very reluctant when my teacher ended up choosing me for that role, and when I asked her, why did you choose me? Because, you know, it didn't make sense to me, because at the time I was super shy and, like, you know, I'd never performed in front of people before. Why was it that all of a sudden I would have to perform in front of not just the entire school, but also all the parents and teachers as well. And her answer was just basically implying that I was like the token Latina, so I kind of by default had to perform it, but then she was trying to like sugarcoat it. She was like, no, like you're really pretty and like you, you just have the, the vibe, like it just fits. And I was like, mm, like whatever. So, you know, I had no choice, so I had to sing. Huh. Uh, uh a parody of Hips Don't Lie. And here's the thing, I'm Colombian, but I was never really a Shakira person. I was more of a Carlos Vives kind of person. And guess what? I never heard this song before. The only Shakira song I really knew was She-Wolf and uh, Waka Waka. Like, that's it. And I never heard this song, and I was asking the teachers, you know, since I have to sing it, like, I had the lyrics, but I didn't know how the song sounded like. So I asked the teachers, can you tell me the song name? so that I can listen to it at home and then, you know, have it more or less, like, done for when we have to practice? No. They said, no, it's- the title is just too inappropriate, like, no, you can't look at it. No, they tried to- looking it up, but then 
what this one teacher was like covering the screen so I wouldn't see the name of the title, which you know makes no sense to me. Like, why are you gonna make me sing a parody of that song if you don't even want me to see the title because you think it's inappropriate? And anyways, I ended up learning that. And for the actual performance, I had to wear this one costume. It was like an orange, like like it, I was covered from head to toe. Like you couldn't see my face, you couldn't see anything, and I was like all orange. And then taped to my face was a cardboard cutout of the punctuation mark. And I ended up singing the song, and I know I have it somewhere on on DVD. And you know, if there's one thing I'm you know curse Apple for, it's the fact that they removed the or wait, not DVD, the CD. Is it CD? Fuck. Wait, which one is it? CD or DVD option? No, it has to be both. No. Yeah, whatever. Either way, it was stored there, so I, I know it's still somewhere. There's still a living record of it. However, I've not seen that ever since that happened, which was 10 years ago, to be exact. And about other assembly performances, like, every class had to do a class act, and, you know, we were able to get through every single grade, because here's the thing, like, we we're such a small school that, like, some sometimes we wouldn't even have a class performance, and... Third grade, oh, what song was it? What does the fox say went viral? So my class, we had to dress up in like these, we had to wear these like animal masks while my math teacher, who was also our homeroom teacher, dressed up as a, in a fox onesie. And the thing is like, her leg was always like broken. Like she always had a cast on or something or was always walking in crutches. So there she was, you know, stealing the spotlight on, on stage, like, break dancing with a broken leg while us kids like in the back we're just <coughs> <coughs> I think me getting a cough attack was a genuine trauma response to that so I don't remember what our choreography was but we did have to dance while my teacher was you know putting on a performance of a lifetime to that song and then in fourth grade my teacher wanted us to sing a song representing one of the core values of the school, which, you know, in my current school, in high school, we have this thing called the IB Learner Profile, which every other month, like, the students who embody, like, this one core trait, um, they, they get, like, mention on the wall, and there's, like, a teacher writes a little paragraph about them, you know, congratulating them, like, this student is a a thinker, this student is knowledgeable. So we had something similar to that, it was just had a different title. And um, I think the like core value of that month was um, not caring or sharing. Oh, some, something like that. And the song was like, I take turns and I follow all the rules. And the whole point, like, our little performance, like, it started with um, us, like, getting into a mini fight or something about, like, caring or sharing or probably something else, and then we had to sing this little song, and here's the thing. I already said my grade was about 15 people, right? Well, the girls just so happened to be a minority because it was, like, almost 10 guys to about 5 girls, like, very badly ratioed, and um, in the performance, there was this part where we pretended to do like a little rap battle even though we were singing where 
like all the guys would get in like one group and then the girls would get in another and then like they'd lean close to us and sing their part and then we'd like you know take a step back and then you know vice versa we'd take a step forward and they'd take a step back and we'd sing our part and while we were like practicing that song um we were with an uh, english teacher who was also our homeroom teacher and the band teacher who was in charge of like the stage like all the background stuff and she was looking at the volume thing and here's the thing us girls like we did not want to let those omegas like we need to show those omegas who was the alpha so we decided since we were kind of um like they were outnumbering us we decided we would sing so loud that like there was no way they could just win against us so when when we sang our part that was like i take turns and follow all the rules something like that we sang it so loud that the band teacher said we almost broke the sound system like it went off the charts it was so funny and uh, then fifth grade i don't remember i think i skipped the day they did their performance i think it was a pie song which also because they had competitions for everything they also had one for um pie you'd recite um as many digits as you could on pie day and winner probably brought back home a nice little pie you know winner winner chicken dinner and the losers would hit the snoozer doozer and then sixth grade this one was probably the most memorable one because us students we had like the most intake on what this performance would be so we do a little parody of each teacher like some students would dress up as um, uh, one of the middle school teachers and then the other students would just act out as themselves so they'd be wearing their uniforms which right i completely forgot about we had uniforms like it's just crazy that there was once a time where i could only wear certain colored socks to school and could only wear a school hoodie but now i'm literally i'm free i'm like a bird i can wear whatever i want which i very much have taken advantage of that so I remember I took part in like making fun of the science teacher which had a lot of beef against him because like he would assign us so much homework and here's one thing since it was such a small school like if you said something the principal would genuinely take it into consideration like it was just more convenient because you know your word would be sent across would be actually heard because it was just so few people that like any anyone who was like a contrarian was bound to be spotted so i would schedule all these meetings with the principal like here are some things i think we should improve about the school and i remember she had the door open and in this meeting because i scheduled multiple with her actually um throughout the course of fifth to sixth grade there were other two higher-ups involved and that that surprisingly did not phase me for some reason like i i was i didn't really like authority just doesn't get to me like i'm not a troublemaker i'm not rebel however like i did want to make it known like this school does have like some things that very much need to be changed and it was the fact that like there was just so much work that by sixth grade it already felt like some people were genuinely collapsing they looked like zombies okay and i told her like i keep hearing about this one teacher specifically like he just assigns so much homework like is there a way we could I don't know potentially reduce that workload and i said it really loudly because you know with my amazing vision i spotted him walking near the office and the door was open and, and she was like shh, shh, shh. like 
he, he's walking um he's walking near us and i was like i know i know but actually i don't think my voice was even that high like the other day i was um scrolling through my old messages with someone because i had written no i'd sent audio recordings of this one story that i completely forgot about and i just wanted to refresh my memory on that like oh something stupid and then i heard these audio recordings that i sent way back in ninth grade and i realized like my voice really hasn't changed and it was actually true though that teacher did assign so much work like it was crazy i remember during lunchtime in fifth grade which by the way lunch was something else like if the students from my grade experienced a lunch at that school in Florida, I know they'd be sent straight into straight into a coma. They'd have a heart attack because there were times where we'd have silent lunch lunches to be disciplined, or there was like this some like traffic light thingy which would sense like noise, and then it would be at red if like it was really loud. So like the principal was saying we need to keep it at the color green because. Um, you know, we gotta be respectful and we gotta set an example for the younger ones, which the school was really big on discipline. And I guess like, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. So one thing is like, the teachers did get respect. But the thing is, um, like the kids were just such goody goodies. Like snitching was like explicitly encouraged by some teachers. Like they would genuinely say, I love snitches. So felt like you couldn't do anything without the teachers just like, ratting you out because they're a bunch of ass lickers meanwhile in this school like you know i never liked snitching however it just feels like no one respects teachers like the things i hear my sister like the things she says about her classmates like the things they do in class is just so crazy to me like these kids who tried to set like this um bathroom like pipe on fire and this one sixth grade kid um who was in the bathroom ran out and was saying like there's a fire to the principal because he was panicking because obviously if you're a sixth grader like you see something on fire i mean the logical response is you know you try to call out for help before it eventually spreads and uh, what those boys did the eighth grade boys who set it on fire is um now they're like making fun of that kid for being a snitch which is like are you serious so you know as always there's a good the bad and even the ugly if there's one really good thing about that school is it offered so many opportunities which back then i didn't even have a fraction of like the discipline motivation or drive that i have now and even then i still knew i wanted to take every opportunity that i could so i did all these art clubs and you know tried all these things like even in science class we had this we entered this one competition called Genes in Space, which you would apply to like request to have something sent in space for it to be studied. And I think I said tardigrades because I was in a group project with this one friend and um, that friend had happened to um, study tardigrades for, what was it, a science fair? Because they joined the school like maybe in October and that was when we were doing the science fair. So to get a grade for that, their project was like slightly different and um, even though i don't think any of us ended up um being selected it was still like a really nice opportunity but then because there was so much competition like i realized a lot of us did not have normal childhoods like there were these two girls specifically that 
like they just stuck out the most. There are these twins, right? One year older than me. And they were just famous around like the entire school because they're probably the biggest overachievers I'd ever seen. And you know, it was mostly because of their parents, like helicopter parents who wouldn't let them do anything. And I remember when I did SAT prep in sixth grade, because um, the thing is, I said previously that um, third grade was like the start of middle school. And then middle school was almost like high school, because then you'd have to apply to a high school with SAT scores and also um, like a little resume and uh, your grade transcript. And these girls, I was in SAT prep with them. I was the only sixth grader and they were mostly eighth graders, so they were in seventh grade. I remember like them talking about, they weren't even complaining. Like to them, it was just normal, like how much work their parents would make them do. Like they had the same piano teacher as me. And I remember in their recitals, like they were doing the absolute most. Like both of them were always getting like high honor roll every other assembly they'd be nominated for some award like um community service or something like it was insane the amount of things that their parents would make them do and i remember like there was this one day where like it genuinely broke my heart i asked them what do you want to be when you grow up and one of them said i just want to be in a farm with a bunch of chickens and just be happy and i remember i didn't even i don't think i even responded to that like it was just so sad because I know neither of them probably aren't going to get that kind of life because literally since they were little, like their parents have been absolutely pushing them to their limits and ah, oh, like they weren't even allowed to have a phone, no iPad, no nothing. They were like, um, for now, we're just going to have flip phones until we turn 18, which is insane because like whether you like it or not, like at this point, everyone should have a phone to make calls or to do something. And, you know, you can stay away from social media like you can try to shelter your kids from that but sooner or later they're gonna have to know like, they're gonna have to step outside the real world and uh, i remember back in fourth grade on um, their aunt or grandma i think actually made a present did a little presentation for us in science class because what guess what she worked in nasa so i guess they had this huge like weight on their shoulders of trying to continue the family legacy or at least going to another like quote-unquote respectable career so those girls I'd say they're like the poster child for that school and actually I'm not really one to go on social media but and this one Instagram account where I just look at art posts like literally don't follow almost anyone I know it's just like for art inspiration however I tried looking them up like tried everything all the nicknames and everything and no obviously they weren't there tried on TikTok as well and nothing and I just want to know like I just really hope they're doing good because they looked so, like, dead. I know to some extent, like, maybe they probably enjoyed some of the activities, but at the same time, like, they looked really tired. Like, they were overworked like crazy. And that's just um, one of many. And in the end, um, I think they ended up moving to another state to go to high school. Because here's the thing. At the end of um, what I heard is... In the eighth grade graduation they'd sent out this like paper that had all of the high schools that people would go to so in my school we have this like instagram page where it shows like where all the seniors are gonna be going to for college and you know i'm not one of them though because <laughs> we, we already know what happened but um 
instead there, high school was like college in a sense because everything was just like to such a higher like fast paced level I guess. So if there's one thing I've definitely definitely appreciate from that school it's the amount of opportunities I got to try out and here's another one that I'm kind of like Ugh, about. So I already told you like the history program just absolutely sucked. Well from fifth grade to sixth grade I had this one teacher that I swear had to be some kind of narcissist or sociopath like he just had it out for me and it's crazy because like yes I was very pardon me very irresponsible and um just had no discipline had no drive had nothing because also they didn't even teach us how to have a work ethic like most of those kids had a really good work ethic because their parents would structure their time for them would be behind their backs because they were like helicopter parents but you know luckily I don't have that so my parents instead were more like you know kind of have to fend for yourself and not really neglectful just more like you know kind of figure it out yourself so it took me a really long time to you know, figure out how am I supposed to manage my time and how do I avoid procrastination? And here's um, one story. So in sixth grade, well, throughout all middle school, everyone would have to do this one project um, for this one competition called National History Day. So you could enter in multiple, like there were multiple categories and you would choose one. And you could either do group project with max three people or an individual project. And you could do a documentary which was I think max 10 minutes an exhibition which was like you'd have the captions and photos and you'd put it on like I think they had it on like wood just to make it more professional or you could do kind of like a solo perf a performance no it didn't have to be so like a reenactment of certain historical events or you'd write just a regular research paper which I think was like maximum 4,000 words or 3,000. And another project was uh, you could do a website based on a historical event. And every year there was like a different theme for history. And here's the thing, like already um, most of the kids were limited to US history, but my grade, cause we were the first one, we're like the youngest kids in the school to compete, were limited to Florida history. So, oh my god, I procrastinated so much on the beginning stage of the project because I was doing it solo, like, no one wanted to work with me. When, that was fair, like, my work habits were really bad. And procrastinated so much that at one point, like, here's the thing. In the school, um, our parents would drop us off because it was such a small school that we didn't even have, like, school buses. Like, everyone just got there by car. And um, there would be, like, this drop-off place where parents would bring us there. The teachers would open the door for us and uh, they'd also <clears throat> sorry they'd also open our trunks so they could take away our backpacks or something and then give it to us so I guess to make things more efficient I guess and uh, there was one day my history teacher opened opened the car door and then he was like hi like good morning how are you then I left and then I remember he opened no he like knocked on um on the window of the front seat and then my mom lowered it down and I just saw him like leaning there and like talking to her to quiet for quite a while and then I already like figured like something is very wrong and I didn't really think about it for most of the day I just kind of let it slide and then 
went over to SAT prep. And while I'm there, um, the two teachers that are in charge got a call from... Because the thing is, after school, like when school ended, everyone would go to the cafeteria and there'd be a teacher announcing like on a microphone the names of the students whose parents just arrived to pick them up. Because they'd, they'd be communicating with the teachers who were outside with walkie-talkies. So they sent a call to that room and um, the teachers there in charge were told like um, Valentina's mom actually came to pick her up today so can you let her know so she can leave um, the classroom immediately and so they told me like actually you're going back home today I was like oh okay so I leave get into my car and my mom like she was fuming like genuinely there was like smoke coming out of her ears and she was like you're in like such trouble like you you can't even imagine like at this point she wasn't even like angry like she wasn't even exploding on me she was just like she she was like contained in a way and that was even more terrifying because i didn't even know what was going on and i told her is this what happened with um this one girl let's call her let's call her angie and i was like is this what happened with angie and then she was like what happened with angie because if i find out then i'll get even more angry and i was like oh nothing backstory about what happened with this girl so okay she i think her mom was like colombian as well but she was born in the states and oh my god like i felt honestly pitied her because she wanted to be american so bad like she would try so hard to like erase her colombian nationality and then she'd get so obsessive like if i didn't say the pledge of allegiance which we had to do every day which i avoided doing because first of all it's not my country and i'm not going to represent a country that doesn't even stick out for me my country or like my people as well like why should i so i wouldn't do the pledge of allegiance and then she'd get me in trouble like she'd rat me out for not doing it like you need to respect like the country and i was like can i just stand here like i literally didn't see any value of doing the pledge of allegiance and i still don't so already had some problems with her and like there, there were just other things about her that i don't remember but i i definitely had some problems with her and i wasn't the only one in my class who did like should also snitch other people and i remember one day we were taking a standardized testing and then she was like according to rule um, 37 of the um student testing manual it says that students shouldn't have water bottles on their desks and then this one guy yelled out this is why you're sitting alone which honestly go him and so because a lot of us had problems with her me and a couple of other students created this chat where we were like gonna create a revenge plan against her like pranks or something or we were just talking shit about her and one of the girls actually in the chat ratted us out and this was like halfway through thanksgiving break i think so then a couple days later we receive um an email like everyone receives a personal email from this girl saying like i'm aware of what's been going on like i'm not naive i know everything that's been going on in the chat so if you don't apologize to me before um, this date like when we come back to school um you know i won't hesitate to um to inform the teachers what's been going on like it was written so formally like it was a whole essay and so when i got back to school i just apologized to her and then she was like oh no like you're you're fine and uh, Overall, she let it go, but yeah, I still had some problems with her throughout the year. Like, there was a point where, okay, so one of my friends and I, we were like planning on pranking this one 
pranking this one dude like I don't know like switching up his like coca-cola or like pepsi but then this girl like she found out because the thing is we were on this group chat with this other guy and then he told the girl and then um she exaggerated the story to say that we we're gonna like poison his coca-cola or something so then she was like telling all the older kids because she happened to be friends with like everyone in the grades above like that the two of us were planning on like killing him or something and then there was a day where like in science class we were working and i was sitting at the back of class and she was telling this one guy the guy who we were gonna prank like you know they're planning on like killing you or something like what do you have to say about that and then she kept uh, talking shit about me but i couldn't even like i wasn't even 100 percent sure if she was talking about me so i just kept doing my own work and then i kept seeing her like look at me and i would hear him say like that's nonsense like that's not true and then when i got back home i went to my mom's room and bawled my eyes out because she was like talking so much trash about me and there was this one date where I went up to the principal during recess time and asked her, like, can I schedule another meeting to, you know, talk about future changes for the school? And she said, oh, yeah, like, of course. And while we were there, that girl, like, went around to all of the eighth grade kids and told them that I was about to get in trouble. Like, I was about to get a detention for what I did. So already a very weird person. And, you know, back to the whole thing. I asked my mom in the car, is this about what happened with this girl? What was her code name? Angie is this about what happened with Angie and then she said like no um but if it's about that like this is only gonna make it worse like it was really bad so in the car I'm just like shit like what's gonna happen now I get back home and my dad he's just calm which is absolutely terrifying on his own because like he's not a calm person he's not composed in a lot of instances so the fact that he was just calm was ugh so I get into the room with him and he's like, sit down and we're gonna have a talk. And my mom like storms into the room, aggressively grabs my phone from the, not the counter, what is it? The table, no, no, it's not the table, the nightstand, yeah. She aggressively grabs my phone from the nightstand and then storms away and closes the door. He was like, we're gonna have a talk. So is it, so we've been told by your history teacher that you've barely been turning in any assignments like you've been very inconsistent with your work um you're not meeting deadlines like this is a huge uh, assignment like what is going on and then i break down into tears and i say like it's just so much work that i want to like i'm so miserable right now that i want to kill myself and he said well are you telling the truth because you've been like lying a lot to your teachers about when you miss deadlines like you're coming up with excuses like you're lying to them so is this the truth and I'm like yes like I'm so miserable right now and you know I had a conversation with uh, my mom after like she was saying you know we paid for this semester but if you continue like this I'll just transfer you to public school like I've no I have no problem doing that and I didn't say anything like I wanted to leave the school so bad but at the same time like I could I just wouldn't be able to handle going to a whole other school so I just said like I stayed quiet and so they took away like basically all my privileges and for a couple months like I think two months I just had to catch up with like on every class but especially history and 
winter break rolls around and I had to spend the entire time working on that stupid documentary for National History Day. And I was so bitter about it because like, look at me, I was like an 11 year old spending so much time working. When I'd see, I'd open the window blinds and I'd see in front of the park kids more or less my age playing and just doing their own thing. And I was like, it was genuinely one of the top like, lowest moments of my life. And it was actually my first depressive episode. So that also, there's also that. And uh, what happened after? Winter break ends and I end up finishing the documentary or at least the rough draft. And then I finally show it to the teacher and you will not believe what happened. His response was so positive, so... It was like in shock that I could even create something like that would live up to his standards. And it absolutely did. Because here's the thing about that school. If you were at the bottom of the barrel, like, you know, everyone would be pointing fingers at you. Like, ah, you're, you're the dumb one. You're, you're the dunce here. So come on, get on the seat and the dunce chair and wear this hat. Like you were just absolutely ridiculed to no end. But if you did something well, oh, everyone would be kissing the floor you'd walk on. Kind of an exaggeration, but also not. So I was walking in the hallways and first of all, my science teacher says, I heard about the documentary, like, would you be able to do something that good for my class? And I just said, um, I don't know. <laughs> then walk away and a bunch of kids from the grade above go up to me and go, we saw that documentary and that was just absolutely amazing. And you know, I think one of the girls who was complimenting me was one of the twins I was talking about earlier. So here's the thing, like, now it felt like it wasn't just those two interactions, like there were a couple of other people that said something. So like the teacher was showing it to absolutely everyone. And like, you know, all of a sudden it was like, you know, I'd gone from these extremes, like being at the absolute bottom of the food chain to being like praised. It was just crazy. Academic validation is just such a weird thing. And then what happened after is he said like, I'm gonna decide now who gets to go to competitions. There was like, regionals then if you if you moved up you'd get to nationals and in the end he said um um i've decided that you shouldn't go to regionals because it's a very good work however i don't know if you're just like up to the level of actually competing with people and it's a good thing i didn't end up doing it because to me competition is just such bullshit like yes you can't avoid competition i mean that's half of the reason why i'm taking a gap year to polish my art skills because you know art school is so competitive and honestly any university is now and the thing is though I try to avoid it though because it reminds me of being in the school where everything was like you need to be the best of the class like you need to be you know we're gifted we're gifted like literally starting from third grade we'd have an award ceremony every year we'd play we'd play something with the band because everyone became a band kid by force I played French horn and every teacher would hand out an, an award for their class, right? And me being me, I'd get the art award or I'd just get nothing. And like, in the last year, I remember, I was dozing off one, during the award ceremony because, you know, obviously I wasn't gonna get anything. Like usually it was like that one kid who'd get like three awards, like the twin girls. There was a time where I remember they couldn't even, they had so many awards 
that they couldn't even hold on to them together. It was crazy. And I was falling asleep. And remember when I said I'd, I'd won like the teacher for a day auction thing? However, um, like they kind of altered it for me. So I got to be the DJ for the graduation. And I was there with my math teacher who happened to be the DJ. And we're both dozing off. And I remember like we, we shared a cup of coffee because it was just so boring. Like we had to get through all of the eighth graders speeches, listen to all the awards, like this student is just excellent in what they do, they're so gifted, they're so talented, like all of that it was just such a drag. We're both falling asleep and then the history teacher comes up to the podium and first he hands out, um, he starts talking about the National History Day, the whole competition and suddenly I raise an eyebrow because something is just clicking all of a sudden. He says, um, this student, like, to watch uh, their process from start to finish has just been incredible and, you know, I, I blocked out the rest of my memory. And guess what? I'm the one who gets a National History Day award, even though I didn't move up to regionals. And I remember winning that award and just feeling so empty because, you know, such an experience. Like, I learned very well, like, to manage my time. And I also got to learn to do video editing, which I absolutely love, and got to research a topic that interested me, which I did the civil rights movement, but in Florida though. And, you know, I got all this praise from students and other teachers as well, which I was never used to receiving. However, I felt like, I felt hollow. Like, it was just literally a life negate, gape into the void. And, I walked back in confusion with the award in my hand, and then when the award ceremony ended, I was walking back with um, one of my friends and their family and uh, my parents as well to our cars in the parking lot, and uh, that friend's mom was like super ecstatic. She was like, Valentina, like, I'm so proud of you for getting the award, and my mom was also like really happy, but she wasn't really saying anything. And then we part ways, we get into our car, and mind you, my dad was super drunk. And he was driving, no, my mom was driving the car, but he starts speaking and he's like, just so you know, in life, there's going to be people that are better than you. But you know, if there's one thing about you, it's that you've learned from this. If there's one thing you've learned about this school, it's that you have no fucking limits. And he said that phrase in English. I remember that clearly. And I... I didn't answer, but I felt so empty because you're telling me after all this time I sacrificed to work on this, catch up with schoolwork and how miserable I felt and how much I was being ignored because the school like did not care about the kids like well-being like they only cared about the results honestly because when I moved to moved back to school in Italy and also school here like it was just crazy to me that counselors were a thing that you know teachers would be asking you like how are you and genuinely mean it because you know in that school like it was all about the results like never about any students mental health or whatever which is pretty like hot topic now it's never about that it was just like the amount of work you're doing and the pressure was already insane from elementary school and i remember thinking like all these sacrifices just for you to tell me in life there's better people than you which first of all i fucking know I know that because, you know, I don't want to be a charity case. Like, I don't want to 
you know, end this episode on a note of, like, getting people to sympathize with me, because I don't need that. But, yeah, I know that I'm slow. Like, I've known all my life how slow I am when it comes to, you know, academic subjects. So I knew, I very much knew there were people better than me. So I get back home, like, all miserable and angry. Wait, what? Sorry, my... Ignore that, that was something of my computer. So I get back, like, just feeling bitter. I'm all quiet, and then as I'm changing out of my dress, my mom tells me, like, you know, I'm so proud of you. Like, she gives me this whole, like, talk, which did make me feel... Like, I think it was the talk I deserved. Like, she has made me feel good for, like, someone who doesn't speak much. Like, I know for a fact that her words were true, because she wouldn't be saying anything to make me... make up anything just to make me feel good. So I know those words were 100% genuine. And then I went back to my room and guess what? The following day I had my science final and I still needed to take some notes. So I stayed up pretty late, which thankfully I'd had coffee um, from my math teacher's cup at the graduation ceremony. And that coffee kept me up all night. And I just went over the notes, did everything that needed to get done, and final science exam, I didn't get a perfect score. I got above that. I still remember. I got a 55 out of 50 because I got extra points. And in a way, this ending is like kind of symbolic. It's like the question I ask myself now is, yes, in the final year, in the final semester or, or whatever, I was able to get the best report card I think I ever got in my entire life. Like, most of my classes, I didn't even have A pluses. A's, I meant. I had A pluses. Like, it was actually insane how much I had worked to get to that point, right? So here's the question now. Like, I had gotten really far, but but I didn't even feel good about myself anymore. I just had this, like, huge sense of feeling defective. Like, I'd gotten to this point, but I knew for a fact, like, I did not want to continue that route. I never wanted to join it in the first place. Well, join it, like, be a part of it in the first place. So I was just praying that I'd be able to get out of the school. To my surprise, we did. And, you know, a couple months before sixth grade ended, I remember asking my mom, will I have to study in high school in Florida? And she said, um, yeah, like, obviously we're going to be living here for a long time. And, you know, me being edgy and angsty before most teenagers, I said something that was definitely not one of my proudest moments. However, I do see where I was coming from. I told her, really, I'm going to have to study in high school here. And she said, yeah. And I said, and what if there's a school shooting? What if my dead body is on the news? What if I'm just... Something along the lines of like, what What if I'm just going to be another name on the news, huh? Like, what's going to happen? What are you going to do about that then? Huh? Huh? And she didn't say anything because I don't think most 11-year-olds would be speaking like that. And um, guess what? That year, in the summer, we went to the, I think, embassy in Rome to see if... Um, we would continue living in the States because I think my dad had a problem with his green card or something. Guess what? Access denied. So 
we ended up having to move back to Italy, which we moved to Italy kind of as a last minute thing because my parents did not want to be there, but they, there wasn't enough space for both my sister and I in either of the schools we were looking at here in Barcelona. So they decided like as a backup right now, like let's just spend a year in Italy as we're waiting for the space to be freed for us. And I remember as we were walking back to our hotel room, I started crying. And it wasn't because I'd be missing anything. Because, matter of fact, I don't really miss anything from living in Florida. Besides the fact that, you know, my grandma was there, which, honestly, she's like my favorite family member. <laughs> and uh, my art teacher as well. And that one, this one friend of mine. Besides that, I wouldn't be missing anything but one thing which was the reason why I was crying, was because of my bunny. Because I had to leave my bunny and never got to see her again. And honestly, I don't know if she's still alive now, but I know she did live happily to be in a little farm, had her own kids, which there was a point where she started like building these like nests in the house. Because I think she was like wanting to get like <laughs> pregnant, like knocked up. And she was going crazy, like she was super aggressive at one point. But honestly, that was my favorite, one of my favorite experiences because I'd be in my room studying and she'd just be hopping around or I'd feed her like pieces of a newspaper. <coughs> Sorry. And just brought me so much joy. Like it was just such a nice like little buddy to have. And I realized I would not be seeing her again from that point. So I started bawling my eyes out. And then I remember when we got to a hotel room, my mom called one of her friends or family members and she was like Valentina started crying because she's gonna miss her friends and when that call ended I was like friends like no 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 I'm not gonna be missing the people there because honestly there were some of the rudest and most ignorant people I've met but also extraordinary people at the same time who are just doing really crazy things at such a young age and also pretty wacky sense of humor that's for sure and no I don't miss that however I am legitimately grateful for this experience though because from a young age, well, I guess what my dad said, I did learn that I don't have any fucking limits in his words or honestly, what I've learned is I do have limits, but not really not as many as I've imposed on myself, which is good. One thing about me is I want to be a freelancer and I've been wanting to do this for a long time and I've been thinking like, I just love being able to learn different things. Like, yes, I love... I want to specialize in certain areas of fine arts, but I also just want to dedicate as much time as I can in my life to learn absolutely everything that I possibly can. And that is a principle that I learned there that I think I'm literally going to carry with me to my grave. So I'm going to end this off here. And I think on Friday, I'll be recording an episode with a new guest, which I'm so excited for. So stay tuned for that. And, well, good night to whoever's listening to this, or probably morning since I don't know if I'm going to finish recording this. I mean, editing this on time. Because it's 11.40. Holy shit. Wait, I started this like almost an hour ago. What? No, I can't see the time on GarageBand, though. It has the uh, bars and the beats. So I'll check that later. Which is always the most fun part of ending an episode, is seeing how much time I actually spoke for. So I'll call it quits and say goodbye. Toodles!